This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for the Babysitter's Club Mystery. Here we are. Here we are. I went, Tanner, to finish uh, reading this book to the bar near my house, and I had a a nice cider. Mm. It was four in the afternoon, but I had a cider. I had a nice pineapple cider. Ooh, tropical. And then I finished it, and I still had a few more uh, pages that I needed to read, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have another drink, even though uh-huh. I don't really need one, and I should be leaving because you know, we wanted to get recording early. And I looked in their refrigerator, and they have, they have cans of wine. And I was Ooh. like, "That seems cool. That Lovely. seems very Austin." Yeah. So I got a can of Chardonnay, and I brought it up, and I was like, "This is nice." It was only six dollars, and um, and then the bartender was like, as he was ringing me up, he was like, "You know, this is um, this is like a half bottle of wine amount of wine." Yeah. And because I fear any kind of confrontation or looking like I've made a mistake in public, I was like, yeah, no, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm trying to get trash. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's five o'clock. But, I have uh, a podcast to record, yeah, no, actually. I, I, as, as you know, I already had a cider, um, but right. I need I, I normally like to have uh, another a half bottle of wine after that uh, before. I have a oh, young son five. at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> waiting for daddy. <laughs> So, uh, that's great. I rushed no. home from work and had uh, one Sierra Nevada. So you're outpacing me. I assume Good. you drank the whole can of wine. I drank a lot of it. <laughs> so I'm doing well. You're doing well. I, As you can tell, Jack, my recording space has changed. Oh, yeah. What are you recording? The bathroom? No, I'm um, I'm in the boys' room. Is that a shower curtain? No, it's a, it's a curtain curtain. There's what the bathroom. fuck? I'm in the boys' room. I usually face this window, ah. but we've cleared all the furniture out of here, and now it's just an empty room, so it was very echoey, mm. So, and the desk is gone. Jesus. So I, I just have the computer propped up on some shit, and I faced it towards this curtain to, to muffle some of the noise. Looks good. It looks great. And this is the situation I'm in now. This yeah. boy's already jerking me around. Yeah. No, that's, if you start that way, it's only going to get worse. You think we shouldn't have given him a room? Yeah. You're in Brooklyn. Sleep him in a closet. We do have big closets. Yeah. Sleep him in a closet. That's what Scott does. Did. And then he moved into a two-bedroom. Okay. Well, let's not talk about Scott. Let's talk about this podcast. Let's talk about this podcast. Jack, if you had to be an animal, what kind of animal would you be? This is how we're introducing this show? Yeah. Maybe the best way to tell you about my friends in the BSC is to tell you about the game we once played at a sleepover. If you had to be an animal, what kind of animal would you be? Christy would be a dog. I would be... Oh, you know what fucking Marianne would be? And I'm sorry to talk shit on Marianne, but Marianne... Here's the passage about Marianne. And I just... It really rubbed me the wrong way. Marianne would like to be a koala. She said she would spend most of her time hiding in the trees, but she would also let herself be hugged by children if they needed her. (laughs) Fuck you, Marianne. 
I'm sorry. I think koalas are bad. You're not supposed to touch them. Oh yeah, they're like. Poison. I was once in. Uh, I was once in Australia. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Australia several times, but one time when I went, mm-hmm. I went to the Tonga Zoo, and there was an Australia. Uh, there was a koala there named Tanner. Oh. And they, because I work at a major media company, offered me to meet him. Yeah. And they said I should not touch him because he's poisonous or something. I don't remember. Yeah. I think they're covered. They all have gonorrhea. <laughs> I think is the thing. Like it's ve- like just touching them, you catch gonorrhea. Yeah. Anyway, I would be a koala. Because you like to hide in trees and gonorrhea. You, gonorrhea, yeah. What would you be? Cool. Um, I would be a squirrel or a seal. You shouldn't be a squirrel because you don't say it right. Squirrel. I would be a squirrel. You've, oh, you've learned to say it in the American. I would be a, squir- a squirrel. Squirrel. I would be a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of the horniest animal. Horny toad, I guess. What did you say? Something horny? Horny toad. Oh, a horny toad. Um. Yep, that fits. That tracks. Not like the species of animal called a horny toad. Mm-hmm. Not capital H, capital T, horny toad. Yeah, but just like a toad that's horny. I would be something that is. Here are the here. I'm gonna. I want you to help me get there. Uh-huh. Here are the categories that are important to me that this yeah. el- this animal needs to represent: graceful, elegant, athletic, and. Super smart. Gorilla? No. Mm. Graceful, elegant. What about octopodes? Octopodes are super smart, aren't they? Octopodes. Sorry, that's the correct Greek plural of octopus. Oh, okay. I think most we uh, we mostly just say octopuses. You tend to say octopi, which would but be that's wrong. putting a Latinate plural on a on Greek a word. Greek word, which doesn't I would make say any sense. Octopodes. And also, you know what? This is we speak English here. Yeah. So it's octopuses. Octopuses. I would be an octopuses. Cool. And then because they know how to open jars. Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. And they squirt um ink. Ink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I squirt ink myself with my beautiful prose when i write oh how poetic yeah that, are you a it? writer yeah <laughs> that was a, so lovely i'm a wordsmith <gasps> like mallory tanner ladies and sorry ladles and gentle beans welcome to our show people in the know mm. that's what vanessa says and what nikki, nikki says. says i like that ladles and gentle beans Welcome to our show. Well, it doesn't work because it's either your ladles and gentle beans or your people in the know. So we got to kind of pick one of those. Ladles and gentle beans grabs me. Yeah. But maybe we can edit the next part. Yeah. Welcome to our show. People in the know. Ladles, gentle beans, people in the know. Welcome to our show. show. That's what Vanessa and Nikki say today in the B-plot. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. This week. This week... I'm Jack Shepard, and that's my name. And, and I'm Tanner Greenring. We, what we do here, it's a podcast. And the podcast is we read the Babysitter's Club Mysteries by Anne Mystery Martin. It's called the Babysitter's Club Club Mystery. Whisper. Mystery. Club. 
And this week we read and are going to talk about a little novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 11, Claudia and the Mystery of the Museum. The mystery is that suddenly there's a museum. Mm, and it's full of crime. Oh, it's a crime museum as far crime as I'm museum. concerned. Yeah, there's a new museum in Stony Brook. Yeah. Do you remember that from the hundreds, hundreds Mm-mm. of Babysitter Club books we've read, Jack? No. The new museum in town? Mm-hmm. Ella Miles is an architect. I feel like she's the only ghostwriter who has the hubris to build new structures to suit her narrative needs. Yeah. This crime museum springs up out of nowhere. Overnight. Overnight. And it's huge. It's huge. There's like eight wings. It's like, here's the Egyptian wing and the Discovery wing and the like ancient coins wing. And they're like attracting major artists. Yeah, they have a huge gift shop. Right. Yeah. It's like the size of the Met. Yeah. And it's new and it's in Stony Brook and it's never existed there before. Is this a segment? Oh, yeah. Uh, where, what, where you sing a song? Yeah. So the segment tends to be introduced by singing a song about, or I, I could say something about possible worlds theory. I think it's either or, right? Um, it's it, the last time we did it, we um, I sang a song while you talked about possible worlds theory. That sounds like a fucking we mess. Do it at the same time. Did you not remember that? That's what we did last time. It was a wreck. Yeah, it's ringing a bell. Well, which do you think is more interesting? Well, we've already done th- done it the one way several times, so I feel like it would. We're not really allowed to go back. Okay, so what are we doing here? You read about possible worlds theory, and I, while I sing a song about other dimensions. Great. Okay, I'm th- I'm just struggling to think of another song about um, other dimensions, but I'm just gonna go for it. Okay. You ready? Yep. One mile the concept of possible worlds, henceforth PW, loosely inspired by Skin a Leibniz's like philosophy, was developed in the second half of the 20th century by philosophical One pair of candy lips and your bubblegum tongue. As a means to solve problems. And if you want love, we'll make it. Swim in a deep sea of blankets. Take all your big plans and break them. This is bound to be a while. Your body is a wonderland. Around operators, your body is a wonderland. Beliefs, obligations, body is a wonderland. This is like mutually assured destruction. Because I think what I want to do is continue reading about Marie Lore Ryan and her possible worlds theory. Yeah. Um, and what I want to do is keep singing John Mayer's Your Body is but a Wonderland. I, my desire for you to stop singing John Mayer ultimately <laughs> has won the day here. I think Your Body is a Wonderland is probably a stretch. Yeah. On the very premise of the segment. Yeah. Well, it's like a. It's but a different in this world. one, it's, it's a, a different, different world, and the world it. is th- her body. I, I followed you. I followed you. Um, great. Well, we're learning a lot today. Uh, this is a segment where we talk about um, the the fact that the Babysitters Club mysteries take place in a adjacent 
parallel universe. Where there's a new museum. Yeah, suddenly there's a new museum. We never hear about it again or since. You wouldn't think they they would have talked about the construction of it or something. But no, it's right. a different universe. Or like, you know, it's an art museum. Claudia's right. like into art. We have yeah. an entire like person who's into yeah. art. They're building an art club. museum. It was on the front page of the fucking Stony Brook Gazette two years ago. But no, nothing. Um, cool. Anyway, that was fun. Um, that was fun. Yeah, there's a museum. Oh, we should describe the book. Oh, okay. Don't you think? Yeah. So I've been taking a lot of flack recently for laziness uh, in these descriptions. Uh, you have been? Yeah. It's People have noticed. Who said this? The, the critics. They Just you, though. Yeah, just me. Okay, thank you. You're God. fine. Oof. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, I think it's character assassination, but I'm going to address it. I want to address the haters and the critics head on. A lot of people have been saying that I have been taking my descriptions not seriously enough and just kind of pulling something from a movie that's similar to the book and then oh. filling in names and stuff. I think that's unfair. I I've, think so, too. I've been paying attention to your things, and they all fit really well. Thank you. That actually means a lot to me to have you defend me. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to say up front, that if that did happen or if that has happened, it was without my knowledge and I was inadvertently borrowing themes from something that I may have seen without realizing it. And that I've been very careful and will continue to be very careful starting now and going into the future to make sure that never happens again. Okay. It, not that I, I admit that it did happen. I don't think That's very upstanding of you, Jack, yeah. and I don't think that you are guilty of the crime you've been accused of. Thank you. But I just want to take a moment now to applaud you. Thank you. For your... Moral fortitude? I was going to say heroism, but then I started to burp. Moral mm -hmm. fortitude mm -hmm. and heroism. Thank you. So, one moment. Okay, you actually... Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I hope Baby Nation, I hope you're clapping along. I can hear I feel like I can hear it. That's so okay. nice. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. I feel so much better. Um I feel seen. I feel loved. There goes my <laughs> hero. Watch him as he goes. Well, I never knew that apologizing could Yeah. And I just I'm glad we're I'm glad you've apologized. I'm glad you've put that behind you. And yeah. I'm glad that we're at a moment now where we can reflect on our mistakes and build yeah. to a brighter future, a more positive future, a less lazy future, mm -hmm. and that your descriptions from here on out are going to be remarkably better. Yeah. All right. Well, with that introduction, I'm going to describe this book. We'll put some music on. Music is going. And um, I'm going to... Yeah. Ready? Music is going. For a second I almost this I almost pulled up 60 second burger run, but No, I, we don't need that. Not that not this time. Take your time with it. That was okay. Hercules. Okay. Ready? He's also excited. Here I go. Claudia Kishi, a down and out dreamer whose imaginative ideas have never paid off, has always believed she was destined for big things. But she has no idea just how literally gargantuan and hairy a challenge she will face when she attempts to solve a theft at the Stony Brook Art Museum. To her utter disbelief, 
The primeval beasts and storied icons that surround Claudia stir magically to life, and total havoc ensues. As the museum pieces rain terror through the marble corridors, Claudia recruits the help of historical heavyweight Stacy McGill just to survive the night. It looks like the girl who's been waiting for her moment of greatness may have just found it. Babysitter's Club Mystery number 11, Claudia and the Mystery of the Museum. There goes my hero. <laughs> wow. Thank you. You did it, huh? I did it. Yeah. <sighs> Great description. Feels Love good. Love that you put so much effort into it. Yeah. I could tell you're reading, so it's like you obviously sat and wrote I sat, that. Sat out. and wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably when you were drinking that carafe of wine. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, beautiful, man. Thank you. And and really well done. Yeah. Like, I think describe this book really well. Mm-hmm. And I probably yeah. don't need to do, to go now. Yeah. Claudia spends a night at the museum. All the museum pieces come alive. She teams Robin up with Williams is Owen there. Wilson. Owen Wilson's there. Beautiful. But let's have you do it. Um, we want to cover all of our bases. Uh, and... <laughs> This a mysterious clock that I have here is uh, champing Ooh. at the bit to. to I'm get intrigued. Ticking tell me more about it and talking. Well, here's the what clock. I can tell you. Here's what I can tell you. It gets more mysterious by the second. In what sense? Just like time itself. In what sense is it getting like darker? <laughs> Harder to see. You're, you're asking the Smaller? right question. You're asking the right question. Is it getting darker, harder to see, smaller? The answer to that is, huh? <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> Mystery. Okay. And I have to do something? Yeah. you. I'm going to put this mysterious clock on. I forgot my iPhone, so I'm just going to Google 60-second burger time and see what that game's all about. Oh, okay. Um, and So not a mystery clock at all. Yeah, no, this is... 60-second burger time. Which uh, is the new timer for <laughs> Babysitter's Club Mystery. Okay. you only a, have 60 seconds. It's an LLB ad, and it conveniently ends in seven seconds. Yeah, so this week we're not doing the mysterious clock. I forgot it. Um, two, one, start! Okay, there's a um, new mu- museum in Study Brook, and Claudia's favorite artist is having an exhibition there, so she is going to go see it, and she takes some kids to go see it, and they're all wandering around uh, the museum, and they all love it, and it's so much fun, and while they're there, a fire alarm goes off, and they're like, oh no, and they're, they're going to leave, and all of a sudden, a burglary alarm goes off, and it turns out that someone smashed a glass case and stole a bunch of ancient coins that are priceless. And then baby, uh, the Babysitter's Club decides to take it upon themselves to solve the crime. Uh, Claudia reaches out to the artist and says, hey, someone's... Uh, oh, it, she brought Stacy and she touched the artist's art and it felt different. And she reached out to him and she was like, your art feels different. He's like, I'm going to come investigate with you. And she, uh, he comes and they decide, they, they uh, are, are at the, the gala the, to open the exhibition. And they follow a janitor in and they discover that the janitor hid the coins in the art. And he went back to retrieve them and they caught him. And he went to jail. And the plot is that... One one of the Pike girls wants to become famous and records this tape uh, about Dorothy Wonderland at the mall and tries to send it around to agents. I died. Pretty hard, what? huh? It sucks. It's not clear what... We'll get better at it. We got 30 apps. 
Yeah, it's not really clear what one is trying to do with the game uh, no. in the in this first. Uh, but yeah, so did you describe the book? Yep, pretty admirably, actually. I think maybe the secret to you doing a good job. It, I could hear in the background that you were doing a good job, but wasn't focused enough to to not the specifics. hear any of the specifics. Um, I think maybe that's the answer. You can't be paying attention. You get better the less I pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. I like to live in a space where no one's paying attention to me. That's where I do my best work. Is that why you have a hit podcast? Well, I'm sitting in a room by myself yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty yeah. low pressure. Not uh, even my wife and dog are allowed in here. Um, here we are. Um, I didn't pay attention to what you were saying. Um, I got it all out. You got it all out. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Let's see. Should we talk about this mix-eyed man? Ooh, the mix-eyed man. The mix-eyed man. He definitely seemed like a red herring. Mr. Olinger, he suffers from or is improved by, depending on how you think about it, heterochromia iridium. He has two different colored eyes. Two different colored eyes. One is blue and one is green. I call him the mix-eyed man, and I hope we'll be seeing more of him. Hmm. I doubt it. Because he's their only lead in the case for most of the book. No, that's not true. Mr. Snipes is there. Well, but Mr. Snipes doesn't show up until pretty late. For a long time, uh, they're like, right. it's either this troop of brownies that stole right. the coins, which, LOL, many good jokes fr- from that come yeah. in this book, or it's this mysterious mix eyed man. man. Um, I they really fixate on the mix eyed man. Very handsome. Oh, you think he's handsome? Mr. Olinger? Yeah, that's so cool to have two different color eyes. Uh, I guess. I weirdly just picture, and I don't know if it's because his name is Mr. Olinger or because he is Mixed-Eyed Man, but I picture Mads Mickelson. Yeah, that seems when great. Played by Mads Mickelson. And when I picture Mr. Snipes, I think of Wesley Snipes. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I think of the guy who plays the principal in Buffy the Vampire Slayer first season. Never seen it. Okay. Uh, and when I think of the artist, Don... Newman? Newman. I think of Hodges Swallow. Oh, that's smart. I was going to say it's either Barnett Newman or Bruce Nauman, but I don't know. You mean that's what um, Ellen and Anne meant? I guess so, because they, they mention other artists... There, we got a, like a real veritable tour through art history. She, Claudia talks about Brancusi. She talks about Henry Moore. Talks about Van Gogh, as you would say. Uh, as I would. Um, but this Don Newman character, I looked him up on the internet, and he, he appears to have been invented well, by Ellen Miles. Did you go to anagramfinder.com? No. And as do is you our, want to now? our policy on the show, we never do on air. How do you spell Don Newman? I won't. I endorse it. I do not well, endorse it. It's going to take longer when I go to look it up. So you may as well just it's tell the me. how you would think. It's Dawn and then it's Newman. N-E-W-M-A-N. N-E-W-M-A-N. I uh, hate this. I hate your world. world. Okay, so Demon is in there. Okay. All right. Well, that was useful. Demon. Demon what? Uh, demon. Uh, demon. Uh, uh, demon. Demon. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. Okay, there we go. So we should worry about him. He does seem very nice, but he also seems very slick, and I feel like it's never explained exactly 
whether he had a hand in this, was taking a cut of the coins. You'll notice that none of the Don Newman sculptures were stolen or damaged. Non-man is in there, too. There it is. Okay. A demon, comma, non-man. Yeah. No, it's all in there. It's clearly all in there, and I'm sorry that I maligned you for attempting to go there. Uh, and it goes hand-in-hand it, hand with this fucking... I, what I think is either a new faction or we just have different factions in the mysteries. The fucking skeleton faction... Skeleton faction actually leads me to. Um, well, do you have something to say about the skeleton faction? Yeah, well, it's this. It's very scary. Very scary. There is a living skeleton in the New Stony Brook Museum, and if you are careful, you may approach him and shake his hand. Yeah, I'll read you the two passages where he appears. Even though we hadn't seen anything in the discovery room, we went on from there to the science room by way of a mole tunnel. When we came out into the light... Into the skeleton's lair. Blinking like overgrown moles, Carolyn ran straight to a human skeleton that stood in the corner. Nice to meet you, Mr. Bones, she said, shaking its hand. Then, later... And then I know your next one. Okay. Because it is my... <gasps> oh, Tom, thou art sick. A very good bird. That stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, and oh, so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. Beautiful poem. It's my burn. Yeah. Um, was the second instance of Mr. Bones the Skeleton Man. Okay, let's hear it. Your burn of the week this week. We followed the mix-eyed man all over the museum. After the music room, he checked out the discovery room. Again, he just seemed to be wandering around. He barely noticed the electronic quiz board, even though its lights were flashing like crazy. Then we followed him through the mole tunnel and into the science room. I saw him bump into the skeleton by mistake and heard him say, Oh, excuse me, before he realized it wasn't a person. I put my hand over my mouth to stifle my giggles, but he heard me anyway. He flashed me an irritated look. Imagine you are okay. you're a middle-aged man, FBI investigator. You've got two different color eyes. Yeah, I love it. You're on the case. Yeah. You degrade yourself by getting on your hands and knees and crawling. <laughs> but I still I'm still thinking pretty highly of myself. And there's like four young girls like weirdly following you around. Yeah. And they watch you crawl through this small tunnel and you're like, "All right, that's fine. You just that's what you need to do to get in this room." And then when you get out, you're recovering from the embarrassment of having to walk through a mole tunnel, yeah. and you bump into a man. <laughs> and you turn around to say, oh, excuse me, sir, to the man, and it's a skeleton. Yeah. And then when you realize your mistake, those you're, four young women are there laughing at you. And I have to just l- fucking leave. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sucks. Unless, That's my burn of the week. Unless it's actually a fucking genuinely scary real skeleton. Living skeleton, then you do want to excuse yourself. Right, and he did the right thing, and these girls shouldn't be sitting around laughing. That's why he flashed them in an irritated look. Right. It's an alternate universe, and there are... It's a similar universe, so there are factions, but it's all new, different factions in the Babysitter's Club Mysteries, and we've discovered the first one. Skeletons. Skeletons, and it's scary. Yeah. Did you have a bird? Yeah. I I got a few, but I kind of want to do this one because it's... Um, obviously the inspiration for Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. Okay, that's my favorite episode. 
I didn't know Malcolm Gladwell wrote it. Yeah. D- d- I, nothing needs to be explained there, I imagine, to anyone. <laughs> Not our listeners. Yeah. It's Doctor Who. Doctor Who. But Malcolm it Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. book called Blink. There's yeah. a Doctor Who episode called Blink. It's got yeah. the angels in it. The difference between Malcolm Gladwell and Doctor Who is Malcolm Gladwell thinks you should. My new book, Blink, is about rapid cognition. And Doctor Who thinks you shouldn't. Your life could depend on this. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. Okay. That's good. That's a good joke. Did right? Neil Gaiman write that one? No. Okay. Um, I think Moffat wrote it. Uh, before Moffitt. things went off the rails. Sorry if you're a listener, Moffat. Okay. Here we go. Sorry if you're a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me read Jack this just, passage. Jack didn't like it when they turned the Doctor into a woman. <laughs> That's not It true. really went downhill for Jack yeah. when they turned the Doctor into a woman. That's right. when he stopped watching. That's not true. Um, that's not true. In fact, I started watching again when they turned the doctor into a woman. So who looks like an asshole now? You. And I look great. I look very good. Uh-huh. Uh, and you're still watching. You're loving it, my huh? hero. Watch him as he goes. You watch every week? No, I stopped. It wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're okay. not going to sing There Goes My Hero? I literally, I stopped liking the show and I started again because the doctor was a woman. I don't get at least after a fucking sl- chorus of There Goes My Hero. There goes my hero. <laughs> Watch him as he goes. Thank you. Okay, let me read you this. It's from Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. I paused for a second and then shrugged. I'm not sure, I said. Maybe there's nothing wrong with the statue. It just, it seems different. Jesus Christ. It's a fucking statue. Have you seen Blink? Blink? Yeah. Well, there's that... statues. Yeah, but you shouldn't blink. You shouldn't I... blink around them, right? Okay, I'm just going to put a pin in that because that frightens me. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. I've never read Malcolm Gladwell's book, so I'm still a little bit lost. Yeah, I haven't got to the part. For the 90% of our listeners who have neither seen Doctor Who the episode Blink, nor read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, which I haven't got to the passage where it's relevant. <laughs> this has just been like an endless Hard to track. slog. Yeah. I paused for a second and then shrugged. I'm not sure, I said. Maybe nothing is wrong with this statue. It just seems different. Different from when you saw it in New York, Stacy asked. Uh-huh, I answered. But I couldn't really say how it was different. I looked at it more closely. Had it been damaged? That was quite a while ago, wasn't it? asked Stacy. Well, yes, I said, thinking hard. But, Stace, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I have a feeling this statue is a fake. You're right, said Stacy. I am? I asked. You think it's a fake, too? No, she replied. I think you're crazy. <laughs> What's that have to do with Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, Blink is all about how, like, people who have, like, e- extreme expertise in things can just, like, get a feeling and that that hunch is the right feeling. And it starts with this anecdote about somebody who, like, can just fucking tell that, uh, like, an ancient Greek statue in the Getty Museum is a fake just, like, because they have a hunch. Um, my last burn is on Ellen Miles. We get to do two? Come see my video. Claire pulled me and led me to the rec room. What video? My superstar video, said Claire, jumping up and down with excitement. Wait till you see it. 
She had hit the rewind button on the VCR, and she was jumping around some more while she waited. I'm going to be famous soon, she said. As famous as Michael Jackson. As famous as Roseanne. (laughs) I missed that. Ellen Miles. Ellen Miles knows... Your references did not can we, age can we get, super well. Can we get Ella Miles on the phone right now? <laughs> yeah. Do you still feel this way about Michael yeah. Jackson and Roseanne? Hey, Ella Miles, uh, just, a, just a couple uh, dogged reporters. We got a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, you said uh, here in uh, 1993 that the best people, the best people. <laughs> the biggest celebrities you could think of are Roseanne. Michael Jackson and Roseanne Barr. Do you, do you care to amend that statement? You got anything you'd like to say, <laughs> Miss Miles? See? See? Um, let me do, uh, if you get to do two, I get to do two, because this is actually the sickest burn in the book, and then we'll take a break. It's from Christy, and it's like, I love that it's like, it's the kind of burn that is only allowed in this new mystery universe. His only problem came when, after the robbery, the museum, ty- this is the fucking, the, it turns out it was the janitor. Did you say that in your description? Yep. Yeah. His only problem came when, after the robbery, the museum tightened security and posted guards 24 hours a day. He didn't get a chance to retrieve the coins until the night of the party when the security was relaxed. He had made arrangements to sell the coins to a museum in Switzerland, and he was hoping to retire on the money he would make. Now, as Christie said, it looks like he'll be retiring behind bars. Oh, that's actually probably okay, though. He just needed a comfortable living situation to see him out through his, you know, last days, so... But that's a good burn. Three square meals a day, comfy bed. He's Looks close. like he'll be retiring behind bars. That's good. We didn't explain, Baby Nation, Mr. Olinger, the mix-eyed man, um, is a FBI investigator. Yeah. There's a, a very dramatic scene where Claudia and the artist, Don uh, Newman, Don Newman uh, a, a, demon. a demon non-man. Non-man. Crawl through the mole tunnel. He's like intrigued. Claudia's wearing like Mimi's kimono. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a long passage about what she chooses to wear. It's great. I actually really enjoyed that. But well, Claudia's we'll wearing. A bit. We'll get to it in a bit, probably. She's wearing Mimi's kimono and she's just like, she shows up at the invite of this artist and then she like corners him and is like, something's awry. And he's like, I'm. I'm interested. They go to the discovery room and they catch the janitor. In the act, and then it, fucking Don Newman tackles the thief, and then the FBI agent tackles all of them, and it's right. very, very exciting. Tense. This pulse is a pounding. Wow, this is a pulse pounding. I love the new mystery world. There's a yeah. lot of action. I like it when Ellen and Anne actually do mysteries. Yeah. There's a Instead world of, not of mysteries. crime. Who knew about the vast network of the criminal underground of Stony Brook? Right. I never knew about it. I thought it was just a fucking phantom phone caller. It's There's jewel thieves. There's fucking art thieves. There's fucking counterfeiters. Dog, dog thieves. Dog thieves. Woo. And Christy burned him in. Um, let's uh, take a quick break. Okay. Wine crimes. You didn't even get to wine, wine crimes. crimes. I didn't even get to that. That has somehow. Remember, hey, baby nation, remember fucking wine crimes? Yeah. How that rocked our world? How that yeah. shook us to our core? Yeah. Wasn't even worth mentioning now. Yeah. That's how crazy these books have gotten. Yeah. Uh, this is like, Stony Brook is like Gotham. It's like Gotham City. Um, let's leave. Okay. Goodbye. Mystery. You got um, Karis in there with you, Tanner? Well... The nursery is pretty empty at the moment, but I can see if... Can you summon her? Uh, I'm just worried that we packed... We've, we had to put a lot of stuff in storage. 
Do you want to just try? We sent a lot of stuff up to Jamie's mom's house. That never hurts to try. Okay. Karis! Oh, my God. What happened? Is that She's happening? Here. Yeah, go ahead. Set up. I'm sorry. No, I just I thought we... No, I'm... Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I thought we attacked <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> Is it going? She's here. Yeah. She's playing? Yeah. Great. And I said, uh, uh, caress me down. <laughs> Wait, what's the thing? Swallow me down. <laughs> I just it's weird because it's kid like Karis. <laughs> uh, uh, swallow me down. Uh, uh, that's, that's that, that love and sound. sound. Feels good. Feels good. Feels to, good to be back. And we don't do gothic poetry with that one. Well, because we have a rule that you have. Yeah, but like you introduced a segment, which th- th- means that you should have done the trouble. Of- it just occurred to me just now to introduce a segment. I didn't plan. No rules, just right. My rule is not. You knew you were going to talk about how to swallow. No, I didn't know. Here's the rule that you fucking agreed to. We don't introduce a segment with gothic poetry unless unless we've written the poem beforehand. I know, I but it's on, the, it's on the person. around in rhyme zone. It is the responsibility of the person who introduces the segment to have a gothic poem ready. Or to be prepared to introduce it without gothic poetry, such as by a really nice song that someone fucking wrote for us. Well, Karis, if you're out there, yeah, write a new fucking song and <laughs> make it about gothic poetry. Yeah, make it gothic poetry, please, Karis. I'm sure Karis dropped off around like episode like 80. She was like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Karis. Or yeah. someone. I don't care yeah. who. Yeah. Someone do it. Um, this is the segment where we talk about the great and wonderful and mysterious covers of these novels by Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow, who and took a little fucking break from yeah. for the last couple books for no explained reason. Hodges was on a journey of the mind. Hodges disappeared in the into the desert for several months from mystery number seven and mystery number eight. Seven. The disappearing eight. dogs and the jewel thieves. Hodges took some peyote, and he took I would say two dozen or so pet gerbils, mm-hmm. and he loaded them up into a VW bus, and he drove out to the fucking Mojave, and he set up camp out there, and he just decided he was like, I'm gonna microdose. He read a bunch of Nancy Drew. Read a bunch of Nancy Drew. He's like, I'm going to microdose for two months. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. The following day, I'll take microdoses. Saturday and Sunday, I will take what I call macrodoses of peyote. Okay. That explains this cover. Yeah. And then when I come back, I will have a year's... He said this to Anne. Yeah. I will have one year's worth of Babysitter's Club Mysteries ready for you, painted, ready to go. Yeah. And Anne said, okay, so you're going to be gone for two weeks. Did I say two months before? I meant two weeks. You're going to be gone for two weeks? Mm-hmm. And he said, yep. Oh, she, she does said, what am I going to do? too, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, what am I going to do? He said, I don't know. Get Dan Brown on the case. What's but I doing? know this young yeah. writer, who hasn't writer, written the Da Vinci Code yet. Yet, but he's got a manuscript that I think is going to make it big someday. He's probably written Inflection Point. Or whatever. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's his best one. <laughs> and Ann said, "Fine, fine. Go on your journey, Hodges." Mm-hmm. He came back with thirty dribble pelts, <clears throat> and looking well fed. Yeah, and ready to enough, dive back in. Enough covers to last us through the end of the series. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think we get Hodges almost all the way out. I looked it up. There are a lot of people in the the Babysitters Club wiki about who are named Illustrator, but Hodges painted this one, and here's what he has painted. It is Claudia Kishi. I'm gonna say I'm not looking at it, so you're gonna have to paint a picture. Well, with your fucking words. look at it. Look at it. Oh, you want me to look at it? What about Baby Nation? That I can't look at it. Well, why paint would... a picture with your words? I'm I am, but why don't you look at it too? Okay, I'm looking. It's Claudia Kishi. It's, I think, probably Corey Addison. I think it's, it's Corey, Corey Addison, Addison and one of the Pike girls. And one of the Pike girls. And they are looking very surprised because there's a smashed case. Uh, it's in a room. I, I'm not sure what the curator, Mr. Snipes, has decided this room is about because it's a room that has in it, it looks like a sergeant painting. The in left. the background, on the in the left, it's, it yeah. feels like it's a. Oh well, wait, or maybe maybe it's more it's more like a constable or something. Um, yeah, it looks like a landscape. It looks like a constable. So it's like a British. Well, there's a, it's a landscape, but there's this like like menacing black presence. Yeah, rising up from the land like a pillar of smoke. Yeah, that could be constable, honestly. Okay. Um, and then you've got a big suit of armor. Kind of off frame. Yeah, off frame. And we know that this is the room where the coins are kept, but there's also a vase, like a urn. Yep. Um, and a scary mask. S- sort of a ancient Syrian mask. I and say. there's some weaponry. And yep, there's a halberd. That's a halberd. A halberd? 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 Mm-hmm. halberd? Halberd. Don't look it up. Just trust me. I, I don't mind medieval weaponry. He's still looking it up. He doesn't trust me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there's a halberd. Yeah. And then there's a security guard looking very. And there's upset. a um, botleth. That's a Klingon. Well, there's the mask, mm-hmm. the like ancient Syrian mask. There's right. a halberd on the right, and there's a botleth on the left. Okay. Uh, Klingon weapon. So it's a real hodgepodge. The Hodges podges. And then there's a very handsome. Very hit, very guard. very good looking security guard, and and he's serving looks. He's serving looks. Yeah, he's he's dishing out looks. He's uh he is the the chef and the waiter at a look cuisine pop up shop, and right. he's just dishing out looks dishing to them out. anyone. It's like a, it's like a buffet. In. Yeah, it's a buffet. He's that guy who comes out from that room in the back, and he's got a big thing of looks, and he's yeah. like shoveling the old looks on top of the new ones and then putting it in like the water tray. Yeah, and everyone's like my compliments to the chef and he's like I am the chef. I am the and chef. And I'm serving these looks. Um and he's my hashtag swoon this week. He's very handsome. He does look like a little like John Pike. Does look a little like John Pike. I'm kind of wondering if maybe this is a self portrait too of Hodges. I think it is. It, it definitely It looks a little is. bit like Hodges. Yeah, it looks like Hodges. Hodges Hodges, you sneaky little guy. That's lovely. From what I've seen of Hodges. Yeah, that's Hodges. This looks like Hodges. Well, Hodges has put himself in one before. He put himself in um, uh, Jesse's Christmas or the one that where Christmas was ruined. Either at the Pikes. Oh, Jack Shepard. 
Yeah. Is it Hodges? Just go do a Google search for Hodges Swallow. Yeah. And look at the first image that pops up. This is 100% Hodges Swallow. Oh, yeah. He's serving me looks. He's serving me looks. <laughs> like, wow. He's in front of an art. Oh, look. He's in front look, of look. art. If you scroll down, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 rows. Yeah. There's a picture of Hodges as a young man. Do you see it? He's wearing like a jean jacket and he's got the collar popped up. Oh, there he is. This is 100% this man. I, this. It 100% is. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Hodges, <laughs> what a guy. That's great. Okay. And then here's what Hodges has done. Hodges has written underneath all of this. What kind of crook would steal art? And at first I was like, a fucking art thief? <laughs> yeah, art thieves. Hodges? You're accusing Hodges of stealing art? Yeah, Hodges wouldn't do it. He's the one who's outraged about it. What kind of crook would steal art? It's an art thief. Art thief. It's art thief. Um, is there anything else we want to try to glean from this painting? From the, It's a good one. It's one of his good covers. It's very good. It's got the rule of thirds going on. I don't think so. Claudia's outfit is pretty fucking wild. I think the thing that's crazy about it is that the leggings are it are the exact same exact same color as the shoes. And so it looks like she's wearing like if if the world were pink, that's what camouflage would be. Yeah. Or like she was wearing an all black outfit. Yeah. And then she went to uh to get to this new museum in Stony Brook, you have to go through a swamp. Yeah. Except all the algae in the swamp is pink. Right. Yeah. So she had to wade through this pink algae. And when yeah, she, she came out, she looks bioluminescent. She was pink from like the belly button down. Yeah. That's cool. I like that a lot. And I think that's probably what happened. While we're talking about it, mm-hmm. we don't have an intro for this. But I think what we do is maybe play sound effects from blooper reels. And the segment is called. Why she come out here with this crane on like she at a dark cave? Jack and Tanner, fashion, fashion idiots. idiots. Why we ain't got no shoes on? Girl, no. <laughs> All them sweaters. Or maybe we play Tim Gunn, I can't remember. Or Tan from uh, Queer Eye saying French toque. <laughs> fucking French talk, man. I like can't, once you draw attention to them, I can't not notice them and how silly they look. I'm like, I have too, I have a little bit too much of a, a little paunch up front, a little gut for a French tuck. I think that work. that's what it's for, though. I think that's what why you do it. Is it like... I think so? I think so. But I well, notice it. doesn't it, work for me. Whenever I see, I saw someone wearing them, a, an attractive young lady was wearing one... Easy. ...the other day, and... It was all I could notice. I was like, that's a fr- French tuck, and it looks so silly to me. You should have just yelled at her, Tan France! <laughs> um, okay, great. So you know what you know where we are. This is a segment where we talk about where we are. I'm a fashion genius. You're a fashion neophyte. And we're both pretty bad at fashion. Yeah. What do you got? Claude is getting ready mm. for the gala, and she's trying to choose an outfit. Mm-hmm. And she's got all the BSC members over at her house for a meeting. And she's like, help me choose an outfit. She goes through her whole closet. This is the, the biggest like fucking outfit crisis Claudia's ever had. You look nice in what you have on now, said Christy. Why did you just wear that? I looked down at myself. I was wearing a pair of bright red leggings topped by a white man 
tailored shirt, and a vest that used to belong to my father. Only Christy would think my outfit qualified as formal. Yeah, so I got this as well. Bright red leggings. Topped by a white man tailored shirt. A white man tailored shirt. And a hmm. vest that used to belong to my father. Do you think it's just the skin of a white man? It's like leather? Like the leather like from a white, a white man? man? I didn't know if, if it meant it's the skin of a white man or if there's some way to tell the ethnicity right. of who tailored a shirt. I mean, it may be that some people claim that that might be the case, but I couldn't imagine that that's the case. Maybe right. if it's on the label. Tailored by a white man. I just think that... That feels a little ishy. It feels icky to me. Like, And you're look, and you're, what you're saying, telling me, Jack, yeah. is you're looking out for that? <laughs> when no. you're at like Nordstrom's, you're like, oh, I will only, I'm going to check the labels. What I'm telling you is I don't look out for that. Tanner, wow. sing this song. So it's just got a white man tailored shirt. Yep. White man. White it could man. be a white man tailored shirt. So it's the shirt is white and it's tailored by a man. Yeah. White shirt that's that is tailored by a man. That's tailored by a man. Do you think and that's, that's what you look out for when you go to the store and you're at Nordstrom's? What? You're like. You go to the lady and you're like, oh, I would love. Yeah. This looks great, but was it made by a man? Was it made by a man? Well, actually, no. I'm here to announce that. I've stopped doing that. (laughs) Tanner? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You still prefer it if your clothes are tailored. You've stopped asking. I've stopped doing it. I've stopped asking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Red leggings. I don't know what that is either. And a vest that used to belong to my father. I think that's a vest. That's a vest. It's a men men's vest. It's inscrutable to me. Only Christy would think my outfit qualified as formal. I would if you told me it was. Yeah, I don't really have a solid sense of that. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show you yep. that Jack and Tanner are fashion idiots. idiots. Great. All right, we're powering through shit. You want to talk about... Um... I have a new segment. Okay. Brand new. Great. I don't know how often it's going to come up. Okay. But I do want to start tracking it, mm-hmm. and I did not prepare a poem. Okay, that's fine. We can do a non-Gothic poem-themed segments. Maybe we'll do it next time. Okay. But for now, I'm just calling it... Dad watch. <laughs> I like that a lot. Dad watch. And it's where we track the dads of Stony Brook. That's great. Dad watch. Dad watch. Yeah. We got the first name and profession of a new dad in Stony Brook. I'm collecting oh, wait. them. Could I interject to say that um, Hodges is my daddy this week on the cover of the book? Yes, you can say that. And that's okay. And it, because it felt weird to say it, dude, but it sounded okay. It sounded natural. Yeah. Okay. It sounded like something you've said a thousand times. Yeah. Okay. Good. Great. Yeah. And it f- kind of fits in the segment because we, we're looking for new dads, and I have a Hodges new dad. Hodges' daddy. And it's Hodges. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We learned the first name of a dad this week and the profession of a dad. Yeah. Great. The, a dad whose who's first name, I think at least, was previously Kate. unrevealed to us. Yeah. And I believe. His profession was as well. Mm-hmm. This dad's name is John. John. Kishi. Kishi. And he is a 
lawyer. I listened to this podcast once, and I'm not going to, because I don't want to embarrass anyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name the podcast, but they said that they like had this whole extended bit in one of their episodes about how there are no Johns in Stony Brook. What about John Ramsey? Yeah. What about John Pike? Right. What about John Kishi? John, what about John Kishi? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. John Kishi, lawyer. Partner in an investment firm. Oh, uh, sorry. You know what I'm thinking of? There's another dad. The little sister we read this week. Yeah, that's okay. We got John Kishi, partner in an investment firm. Partner in an investment firm. In Stamford, which is the city nearest to our town. Don't ask me what he does exactly, because I've never really understood it. So here's all we know. We know his name is John. We know he's a partner in an investment firm. And what Claudia says is it has something to do with money and numbers. And numbers. That's right. all I know. That's interesting. The only other number that we get in this book is in the oh. same passage. Let me guess. What? 69. Mm-mm. It's not? No. It's n- Wait, it's not 69? No. No. Is it 420? No. No. So what if I can't spell too well or tell you what happened in the year 1016? Did Van Gogh know how to calculate what X Van Gogh is what you people say. Probably. What does that mean, you people? Brits. <laughs> I thought you were going to say snobs. <laughs> I don't Brits. It's right either. Um, probably not, and it sure didn't affect his painting. What happened? Claudia wants us to know in the year 1016. That's a number. Maybe it has something to do with the number that John Kishi is trying to figure out. The only thing I know is that it was the, the year of the death of Ethelred the Unready. That's from Morrowind or? British history. Okay. Do you want to know a funny thing about Ethelred the Unready? Yeah. It's actually a pun. What, what year is it? 1016. Okay. It's actually a pun because Ethelred in Old English is a root that means prepared, or like it means well advised. Okay. And so un- unready actually should mean ill advised. So the joke is if you n- know your old English, is well advised the ill advised. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. Yeah. I was just quickly Googling because he was badly 10- advised. 16 was an important year in the Elder Scrolls universe. I don't believe it was. Okay. What is it? Is there a Earth 1016? Oh, good. Jack? Yeah. Very good question. Could you sing this song? There goes <laughs> my hero. Watch him as he goes. There is. Is there? Okay. The exiles helped Dr. Doom stop Namor from taking over the world and exterminating land dwellers on Earth 1016. Okay. Sounds like Dr. Doom is a good guy in this one. Namor wow. is a bad guy, also known as the Submariner. It's also uh, spelled backwards is Roman. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me on that one? Uh, we're miles out to sea from where we started. It's, here's what we know. Dad watch. <laughs> Here's what we know. Claudia's dad's name is John. I'm sure all of our listeners are like, 
these guys are supposed to be fucking experts. We all knew that Claudia's dad's name was John. We None didn't. Of you knew that. Now we do. Claudia's dad's name is John. He's a partner in an investment firm, and he, all we know is that his job has something to do with money and numbers, specifically the number ten sixteen. Ten sixteen. The year and Ethel Red the already died. And numbers. And what? Other forbidden numbers. Other he's, forbidden numbers. He's a he delves into forbidden numbers. Right. John. John. Any other notes that we got in a book this week? Um, well, I learned this interesting thing about pulling a Janine. Okay. It's, a new, it's a new piece of terminology. Carol and I cried. Are you all right? I ran to her. I'm fine, she said, giggling. It doesn't hurt or anything. It's a machine that makes static electricity. It's called a Van de Graaff generator, and it's awesome, I said, cutting her off. I could tell that she was about to pull a Janine on me and tell me more than I wanted to know about Van de Graaff generators. I just think that's a, it, so a it's useful... Like a, it's, like, it's like pulling a jack. I'm not... It's similar to pulling that. a jack. I don't know what that is. Pulling a Janine. I don't know what that is. It's like pulling a Janine. I don't know what that is. You know what pulling a Janine is, right? Yes, it's... It's, it's sort of like pulling a jack. But no, that's not... I don't know what that is. Pulling a jack? Yeah, what is that? It's where you are a uh, obnoxious dweeb about something and you bore someone with an overcomplicated explanation of it. Okay, all right. Well, shall I continue to tell Marie you Antoinette about Marie Antoinette executed 1016-1793. Okay. Napoleon surrenders 1805 on 1016. Interesting. Jane Eyre published in London on 10-16-1847. Hmm. Nuremberg Trials, 10-16-1946. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, published 10-16-1950. China detonates its first nuclear weapon, 10-16-1964. Million Man March takes place, 10-16-1995. I remember that. Any of this... Sound and engaging to you? Um, you know, they all do sound like things that happened. Important, world-changing things that happened. Anne's numerology is a fucking mystery to me. I was hoping that something happened on June 10th, 1016, but that was a very quiet year. I already looked it up. Right. But 1016 might be a new powerful date for us. Yeah, it, I think it must be. Why would she bring it up? Walt Disney Company is founded. 1016, 1923. Adolf Hitler delivers his first public address, 1016, 1919. 1016, Jack's a very powerful date. If you read dates in the American format, yeah, and you have to because 1610 is nothing. 1610 is nothing. Well, there's a lot happening with 1016, and we are kind of in a bit of a data flurry right now, Baby Nation. Yeah. You're going to have to excuse us because we're... <laughs> We're kind of blinded by the amount of data we've got coming in at the moment. Yeah, and there's a lot of static, and yeah. it's gonna it, it's gonna resolve itself eventually, I think. Yeah, but for now, we've got it's an important date. It's an important number. I feel like we're being sent out like sheep among wolves. Who said that? And the only thing that we can do right now is to be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves if we want to fucking get past this. Okay. That's it's just a Bible verse I have memorized. It's Matthew ten sixteen. Okay. Let's be as sure as snakes and move on 
yeah. now, Jack. And as innocent as doves. Can I just, before we move on, read you this Bible passage that I have written down and that I always keep near Your to me? Your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's personally meaningful to me. And I, just because we were talking about the Bible, and I I haven't looked. I can't remember exactly where it is, but I can I can find the exact notation of where it is so people can look it up for themselves. Um, I'll just read it to you, and then I'll look where it, what it is. It's It's this. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And that is, let me see, that's John 10, 16. John 10, 16. 10, 16. Wow. That's one just flock. like, I'm so, fr- oh gosh, I, I've knocked over my bookshelf. Oh, the, the Bible that I got as a boy. <laughs> That I keep on my bookshelf, Jack, just fell off. What page did it fall open to? Let me look. Oh, Deuteronomy. <laughs> what? Ten sixteen. What? Okay. Something about Green Ring. God, if this is about Green Ring, this is going to be big. This is a little frightening. Okay. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. <laughs> what? And be no more stiff-necked. <laughs> Why do you have that page bookmarked? If it's just like because you've had you've broken the spine on that page from reading it over yeah. and over, is that what it, is that why it fell up in there? Every every place <laughs> circumcision is mentioned in the Bible. Oh, baby nation! So I that's think probably it. Huh? Crack this one wide open. If you're and still with us, oh, this is Anne's way of telling us the perfect outro for the mysteries, which we haven't cracked yet. Ooh. Baby nation. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff naked. Yeah. Would you say necked? Necked? I, I would say necked. Yeah. I would say necked. 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 Tanner, we've done all our segments. I was reminded in this book, I already told a story, but I'll tell you another one okay. before we leave. Bring me, bring me there. Um, at one point, Jesse, bless her heart, thinks that the way they hit the coins was that they put it in the fountain. Smart. And so there's this scene where they're Fishing through the fountain. Fishing through the fountain, but like desperately trying to evade scrutiny because they're like stealing coins from the fountain. And it reminded me of the time that I don't think I've told you about before, but I may have. I had to write a letter in French to the French embassy to apologize for stealing coins um, from a fountain. Faring semblance d'aller vaisser. Don La Fontaine outside of the <laughs> French embassy. Uh, we went on a school field trip to the French embassy in DC, and a friend of mine and I did pretend to pee in the fountain. Okay. And pretend? Well, I think that the reason that we were in so much trouble is we did such a good job that you're it, just such beautiful actors. It did seem to the security guards in the French embassy and my teachers that we were peeing in the fountain outside the French embassy in DC. Jack, if there was ever a time to come clean about yeah. whether or not you were peeing in the fountain outside the French embassy in Washington DC, now is it were you peeing? I Oh shit, we're out of time. Oh, this no. week, baby nation. You don't want to have to write another letter. Yeah. 40. My French is really atrophied since then, yeah. anyway. <laughs> de aller, uh, numero deux. 
<rire> je suis désolé. <rire> oh non, non, non. Non. Uh, numéro 2. Non, non, non. non. <rire> um, this week, uh, Riddle Babies. Riddle Babies. We are riddle me this, babies. Riddle me this, babies. We are so grateful to you for having joined us. We are so grateful to everybody who has already joined our swelling numbers. We just hit 500 today. Someone, what? Someone, did someone have marbles in a blender? Oh, in my in there? my house? Oh, yeah. I can't hear it because I have my headphones on. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, so I think Sarah is blending marbles. <laughs> By the time this comes out, we'll be. I think. Oh, oh there, there it goes it again. again. By the time this comes out, I think we will be far enough removed from the actuality of what's happening, which is that Sarah put our child to bed and is now making me dinner so that I could podcast early, that it will be okay to make fun of her for making blender sounds <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. You're a queen. There goes my hero. What am I saying? Y'all, we just hit 500 Patreon subscribers. Everybody's loving it. It's a good show. We do the little system. Someone, I just got an alert from Patreon today that said someone changed their monthly contribution from $10 to $5. Yeah. Thank no. you. You can. <laughs> I got that alert too. It's Patreon does it does a pretty good job of not sending you that much info. Yeah. But they were like, they were like, I think you're really gonna want to know this one. <laughs> But it's like, I love it. Whoever you are, God bless you. Because like, you gave us like two or three good months of yeah, ten dollars. No, this is a person who was like, I want to keep listening to the show. There's but no reason to give. I don't want to keep paying more than I need to. Yeah, because I've changed my budget in some way. But yeah. I'm not. That that doesn't. That's not a dagger in my heart at all. Like the three people who are just like, you know, it ain't worth five dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I love that person, and I kiss that person very, very much indeed. And yes. not to, I, I don't want to encourage a groundswell of or people. queen. I actually can't remember. Yeah, God bless you, um, and thank you for continuing. But to now, listen. someone needs to, and yeah, preferably several people need to. Yeah, change their pledge from five to ten. Yeah, sign up for our Patreon. There are so many episodes, and you can listen to the new show. It is to be found at patreon.com slash bscc podcast we've got eight episodes already they're all good it's about the little sister they are big episodes for big people i hope you will big join us boys there. and girls and bees buy our merch bit.ly slash bscc merch lovingly designed by baby b john at vox devil on twitter rate and review the podcast on twitter itunes or itunes Do it on Twitter, too. You can't do it on Twitter. Yeah, you can. You can send a tweet. Rating, 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, that's... I th I'd be happy to wake up to that. My yeah. notifications these days, like, if anyone who's on Twitter, it's like, Twitter was like, let's maximize notifications. I get notifications that are like, Tanner Greenring hasn't tweeted in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> Maybe you want to reach out to him. <laughs> Thanks, Twitter. So if I get one that's like that's just tweeting at me like rating of your show ten out of ten. There goes my hero. I would like that. I've started doing a thing where people tweet about the show, not even necessarily at us. Yeah, they just tweet like recommending the show, and they're like two thirty something year old guys. And I go through and correct every single one of them. I'm like, oh, sorry, one of us Jack is forty. Yeah, no, I did notice that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun you had, wasn't it? Yeah, 
So I'm, that's going to be my kind of thing. Great. That's really yeah. useful. I'm glad that you are in charge of social media for our show, Riddle Babies. Thank you so much for listening this week. We read a novel that was called Claudia and the Mystery of the Museum. And next week, I am excited and delighted to announce that we're going to be reading a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 12, Dawn and the Surfer Ghost. <laughs> that sounds cool as hell. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that fucking book. I think we might have to bring in uh, our friends Weed Lord and uh, Half Pipe. Ooh, they're going to get such a kick out of this fucking thing. Because they love surfing and they love ghosts. And I I have no idea what their opinion on mysteries is, but who knows? I feel like they're going to like it. They're going to like it. I can't wait. Tanner, I hope you've got the foreskin quote t- up because you're going to lead us out. I'm just going to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Santa Greenring. Baby Nation, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff necked. I've hit play. Oh, God. I'm eating. What are you eating? I'm eating candy. Why? We had a baby shower last weekend, and my grandma made me these little mints shaped like tiny baby shoes. That sounds like the Hemingway short story. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the joke I kept making at the shower. (laughs) I kept showing them to people, and I was like, candy baby shoes, (laughs) never worn. (laughs) And then I pop it in my mouth. (laughs) That's good. <laughs> uh, mm. I think about that a lot because I keep you keep having to buy once they start wearing the shoes, but their little footsies keep fucking growing. So you got to keep. We're just gonna them. have ours go natural. No, that's smart. It'll be like a hobbit. That was a headgum podcast.